Welcome to the CCFR Radio Podcast, your source for news, updates, and stories from the CCFR. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 136 of the CCFR Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Giltak, and thanks for joining me again. Uh, wow. I guess uh, I guess we're all having a little bit of a celebration, um, a great little victory, a very temporary victory, but a, uh, a, a, a we move the needle, a victory nonetheless. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about in this podcast. Uh, I've got my monologue actually is, is going to be just an excerpt from our uh, television show because it was quite detailed with a lot of clips and whatnot, so I'm going to kind of show that to you and then we're going to bring on Tracy and we got a lot of stuff to go through. Uh, so anyway, before we get started, I just want to thank some of the businesses in our community that support the CCFR radio podcast. A big thank you to our friends over at the Saskatchewan Rivers chapter of Safari Club International. They do a lot of great work over there, including supporting the CCFR. So make sure you check them out at saskriversci.com. That's saskriversci.com and Vortex, the force of optics. We'd like to thank our friends over at Vortex Canada for continuing to support the podcast and providing great products. You can check all that out at vortexcanada.net. That's vortexcanada.net. And to our friends over at CTOMS. CTOMS Academy provides life-saving training in trauma care and human performance. Perfect for outdoor enthusiasts, for hunters, for shooters. You can check them out at ctomsinc.com. That's ctomsinc.com. All right, we're back. So uh, you may have heard that amendments G4 and G46, these were two amendments to the Liberals Bill C21, the one that the amendments that would have banned virtually all semi-autos and a ton of hunting rifles and shotguns and variants, of course, of all those firearms has been withdrawn uh, by the Liberals as a result of you working to make that happen. But anyway, let's, uh, let's see what that looks like in real life. Uh, I'm going to seek unanimous consent of the uh, committee uh, for the following motion. That in relation to clause-by-clause -clause consideration of Bill C-21, an act to amend certain acts and to make certain consequential amendments, firearms, Amendment G-4 currently under consideration by the committee be deemed withdrawn, and that Amendment G-46, which has yet been moved be deemed withdrawn from the package of amendments. So there you have it. The amendments uh, have been withdrawn. And interesting, do you think that the Liberals came back and said, well, we made a, a big mistake, we reached too far, and we kind of got caught? Uh, do you think they would say that? Uh, or do you think maybe they would say, maybe we just didn't uh, spend enough time listening to Canadians? Well, uh, we'll let the Liberals speak for themselves yet again. Violence, but on those particular amendments, I will acknowledge there was not enough consultation. There were enough, not enough conversations with Indigenous peoples across the country, and that's why we're committed in our committee, and I look forward to working with the Honourable Member, to listening to the concerns and to making sure that our legislation is one that will protect public safety and keep Canadians safe. Apologize. Can you folks explain to us why you withdrew the amendment? Thank you. Well, listen, we've been listening to Canadians. We want to make sure that we get this legislation right. See I'm not asking you about the legislation. I'm asking you why you withdrew the amendment. The Conservatives are saying it's evidence that what you have been saying, what the government has been saying for months, uh, that this didn't affect hunting rifles, that that was a lie. What do you say to that? Well, listen, I've been, I've been catching some of the tweets out there. I, no, we... 
Listen, we're working across party lines to make sure that the bill that comes out is the right bill. We're working across party lines. If you were watching what was going on in there, you saw that there was collaboration with all parties. I, I appreciate that this is a politically touchy subject and that there's a message you want to get to Canadians, but why withdraw the amendments if there wasn't something wrong with them? Because we want to listen. Wow, what genuine people. They just, they just want to listen a little bit more. Maybe they just didn't listen hard enough. Well, speaking of listening... I don't know if you guys remember the video of when I did my appearance at Public Safety Committee, the committee that these two folks are on. Do you remember how that went? Maybe let's have a, a little reminder. Uh, this democratic government is ignoring the perspective of hundreds of thousands of Canadians uh, who have concerns about legislation that disproportionately affects them and you guys can't even get a meeting. That's uh, that's very disturbing to me. Uh, your vice president of public relations, uh, Tracy Wilson, said on September 21st that she is the gun lobby. Does she speak for your organization? I would say that's a correct statement. We that's are the gun statement? lobby. Yeah. Okay, so would you agree with her statement and by extension, do you believe that it is the view of all of your members that ha 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 ha, we've survived seven Seven years of the most corrupt, divisive, hate-inciting, failed government of the history of our country? That's a pretty accurate statement. I just get confused because your organization talks about firearm rights. And I have been subject, I see Ms. Wilson is here, to many of your attacks. So, so you, sir, then have come here with a political agenda of your own, is that correct? I'm coming here to defend the property and, and my dignity as a Canadian citizen, actually. I see. And does, does defending the property and dignity of yourself um, involve the harassment of other individuals like my colleague Ms. Demoff? Well, I would hope that your defense of this bill, it consists of more than mean tweets. Your vice president have appeared to have a very, very good grip on delivering mean tweets. They're in response to the abuse that we've taken for seven years. So, I don't know. You can, you can put it all on my shoulders. I can take it. I don't know if you remember that. I sure did. They didn't. They weren't in the mood to listen or to have a reasonable conversation. They wanted to fight about Twitter or our name or painting themselves as victims every time you try to disagree with them. It's it's an attack on them. Anyway, these people make a mockery of the whole process, and uh, and it's a, it seems to be a joke to them. But that meeting probably cost the taxpayers fifty thousand dollars. Anyway, it's a little bit cynical. I don't like bringing up how politics really is in Canada um, too often because it's, it's depressing. But I just want to make sure that uh, that you guys understand that we do this so that you uh, you stay motivated. Because the only way to stop these people from doing these things is to do exactly what you guys did, stood up, fought these amendments, and this is your victory. It wasn't, you know, we did some organizing. We provided some tools. But without 50, 100,000 people standing behind us and the other organizations too, there would have been nothing, right? We're insignificant by ourselves. So anyway, we're going to talk more about it when we bring Tracy Wilson on. Stay with us. All right, via Skype, we've got Tracy Wilson of the CCFR. Wilson! <laughs> Kiltaka! That was just a quick one this time. Yeah, it was good. I like it, though. It's good. Yeah, it was, it was strong. It was fast. It's just a, I like to mix it up. Perfect. Awesome. All right. We have... We have a pile of stuff to talk about, actually. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll get started. Uh, first thing we want to talk about is, um, obviously, in the intro, um, and I think most people know, the Liberals have withdrawn uh, Amendment G4 and G46. Thank goodness. Um, and yes. uh, there was a lot of people taking credit for it, um, which I think in a time like this, it's we should be congratulating 
our whole community because it, there's no one person that could ever do it. So anyway, you, you did a, a Facebook post, which I, I think summed it up quite nicely. So why don't you just share that? Yeah, well, it's you're you're exactly right. Everybody wanted to take credit. So I wrote on Facebook, the NDP is taking credit for the withdrawal of the amendments. The CBC is taking credit for the withdrawal of the amendments. Gun groups and hunter organizations are taking credit. But over here, we just want to say that the credit should go to every single person who spoke up, who wrote and called parliamentarians, who became online activists, the clubs and stores who set up letter writing stations, to everyone who did something, anything, you did this. So I thank you. And I think that sort of sums up how we feel is there's no one particular person or or entity that's responsible. Everybody's responsible. Yeah. Well, I mentioned that a little bit in the intro um, mm -hmm. that it's it's you know, we can provide a little bit of organization. We can generate some social media stuff and memes and videos and studies and little shorts, uh, short videos for, you know, the positive uh, short videos that we had on on CCFR download.ca, stuff like that. Like, that's what we're capable of. But yeah. none of that matters without at least 50,000 people participating like it's meaningless. So yeah. at the end of the day, it's the numbers. It's gun owners standing up. But anyway, I'm, I'm repeating what I said in the intro. And um, and yeah, so thank thank all of you again uh, for for making all this happen. So I think that's what I want to say. Absolutely. And I think we've just got to stay vigilant. I think uh, we would be underestimating this government if we thought they were just going to give up on that. They're going to find a newer, sneakier way to try and uh, classify our hunting and sporting rifles as assault weapons. So yeah, it's definitely not over. We got a scrap C-21. Yeah, it's nowhere near over. You know, it's funny because no sooner that these that these uh, amendments get withdrawn and then, you know, we put up a little video, a thank you video and, and put up some celebratory posts and people are like, you know what, this isn't over. And you know, <laughs> it's like, you guys, you know, you, you know, you have no idea. There's still, it's like, of course it's not oh, over. We know. Yeah. This is a very small victory. And, but you got to take that when they come because it's been yeah. a very difficult seven and a half years. Um, but of course it's yeah. not over. We need the entire bill withdrawn because the bill is a mess in its entirety. So mm -hmm. nobody's happy with Bill C-21, like not even no, victims groups. Just, and we just pivot. That's all. So now we just refocus on the rest of C-21, scrapping that and getting a new government. Yeah, it was a four hour celebration and now back to work. So anyway, yeah. uh, if you're one of those people that, that were leaving comments like that, you know, don't worry, man. We're, we're not asleep at the wheel. I don't think anybody no. ever accused the CCFR of being asleep at the wheel. So no. anyway, um, so a, just a couple of funny anecdotes. Um, our Scrap C21 project, our campaign was uh, active for eight days. So yeah. we threw that out there. People downloaded the material. People started writing letters. The posters started going out. Um, people were advocating online. And eight days later, the liberals were forced to, to back down. I mean, this had been going on for three months. Yep. You know, and don't, well, and don't get me wrong. I'm not taking credit for it, but I'm just saying maybe that was the straw that broke the camel's back or whatever. But eight days later, they were like, oh, okay, this is, this is done. Well, people were highly motivated because we had the CCFR downloads, uh, .ca website. And of course we broke the internet. We broke Google. So, uh, you know, it was repaired, I think within 24 hours and people could keep going, but, uh, yeah, it was a mad scramble. Everybody loved the content. It was going out there like mad, the posters were crazy. I think you had said we would um, send out 100 
free poster packs to the first hundred clubs or stores that requested them. And I think I called you 12 hours later in the morning and said, uh, we're out. So now what do we do? And we ended up just keep going. I think we got 287, 278 tubes um, of posters. So poster packs going out. I know I felt bad for my mailman. He'd come here to the doorstep to pick them up. And it was just a total bombardment. And I just saw the defeated look on his face. But in any event, we got thousands of them out. So thank you to everybody who worked on that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> there was an excellent response. And, and, you know, if I were to, again, we'll just speculate for a minute. If I were to speculate, it's like, well, the letter writing campaign, that was good. And just, mm -hmm. just about the little piece of it that, that the CCFR did. Um, I think the social media activism was very significant to the liberals yes. because that actually, you know, when we when we dream this stuff up, it's like, well, I'm hoping that it works as as good as I'm imagining that it could work, right? Um, right. But I think the online stuff really worked. And then, if I were to speculate, I'd say the posters were the most concerning because now the liberals are like, okay, these clowns <laughs> are mailing posters to be put up in every range at every club across 1400 clubs and probably hundreds of gun stores around the country. So all the people that aren't watching CPAC or they're not, you know what I mean? And they're not on the internet in these groups yeah. or whatever, like everybody's gonna see it. And I think maybe, I would like to think actually, cause we worked very hard on this project, that maybe that that was the part that was concerning for them. That's That's what I speculate. I think so too. And I know I was tweeting out, you know, some of the, the activities going on, you know, some of the the factory in my in my basement and I locked myself down here until all godforsaken hours of the night working on it and um, getting stuff out for the next morning for Canada Post. And I kept tweeting about it and posting about it. And, I, it, you know, I, I think it's concerning because then we broaden our reach and our audience into people who aren't necessarily regular, you know, normally that motivated to be politically active. So, yeah, I think that was, that was, that was a straw. Well, and, and sunlight is the best disinfectant, right? So it's mm -hmm. like everybody would know that they're banning firearms like the Ruger number one or the 1908 Brazilian Mausers. Like, yeah, here's your assault weapons. This is the AR-15 variant used in mass shootings, you know? And it's <laughs> like, so it's just important to get the truth out. Um, yeah. You know what? Speaking of the truth, now this isn't in our list of stuff to talk about, but I do want to comment on this really quick while we're kind of uh, on the topic. You know, our friends over at Poly Um they they've been like, you know, the gun uh, gun lobby disinformation, CPC disinformation is what led to this <laughs> withdrawal. It's you know all these lies, and they have this document, and, and I was like, you know. And everybody's like, well, show me the law where, because they said basically, no, these only the the uh, the 10,000 joule muzzle energy versions of these uh, firearms were prohibited, which were a lot of the the bolt actions and single shots, right? Right. And, and it's like, well, no, read the law, read the amendment. If that amendment became law, it would have banned all of these things because in, in the in the amendment, it says, uh, all, you know, basically they're, they're describing what prohibited firearms are and they're, they're these, they're any, any rifle or shotgun that generates more than 10, uh, 10,000 joules of energy at the muzzle. And then it says, including, and then it mentioned all those models. And what yes. they're saying is, oh, Murray Smith in committee said that it was only the 10,000 joule capable models that the other ones wouldn't be effective. It's like Murray Smith, well, Murray Smith can say oh, everything he wants. His word is not law. 
you got yeah, the law is the law. Yeah, you got to read it. And it's like, well, no, they name those models by name. So if they just wanted the 10,000 joule thing and that's all that it applies, then they wouldn't have put any models there. They would have just said any firearm capable of generating more than 10,000 joules of muzzle energy. And, it, yeah. and that would have covered everything. So if I had a Ruger number one that was in 308, I'd be like, it's no problem. It's not 10,000 joules. But they didn't do that. They named all these guns. And yes. it's funny. And so it's, it's the, you know, the, these groups are just as bad as the liberals. They're running around claiming the people that are telling you the truth are the ones that are spreading disinformation. It's just, it's, it's I don't want to be too strong on it, Wilson, but it is actually at the point where it's literally pathetic. It's literally pathetic. Well, and it's very dangerous, too, because they're not going to be there to defend a gun owner who says, well, no, well, no. you know, I saw on Twitter that this Pauli Sousouvien yeah. account tweeted that it is only these ones and not these ones. They're not going to be there to defend those oh, people. They, All right, moving on. You know, it's it's interesting. We talked about who was responsible for this when as basically it's it's the massive gun owners that are that are the actual responsible party that made this all happen. And then we'll take whatever credit for organizing and wildlife organizations and gun stores and all that stuff for organizing, right? But yeah. But I don't know if maybe <laughs> I missed it, but apparently it was Jagmeet Singh oh. and Peter Julian um, of the NDP that were responsible for this whole thing. Conservatives did nothing. Nobody else did anything. It was all the NDP. I remember, or maybe I don't remember, Jagmeet Singh being the tip of the spear on this, all, you know, coming out the whole oh, time. Yeah. As soon as these amendments mm. were introduced, he was all over social media defending gun owners, calling this out. <laughs> anyway, this is, this is the story from uh, Peter Julian at the NDP. Anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, play a clip and then we'll talk about it in a second. I had, I'm just going to just add one, one thing, uh, that the Conservatives did not lift a single procedural finger through all of this. Uh, they fundraised off the amendment, but they did nothing in the House at all. It, this has all been the NDP's heavy lifting, working with communities and people who felt that they haven't been consulted. Well, well first off, I, I take issue with the idea that the Conservatives had anything to do with the withdrawal of the amendment. The Conservatives did not uh, lift a procedural finger through this whole battle. They were fundraising off it, but Pierre Polyev did absolutely nothing uh, to actually be the adults in the room and push back against the amendment. Uh, this, this is something I think that uh, the NDP has stepped up on. Jagmeet Singh and uh, Alistair McGregor, our critic, uh, were the adults in the room. We now have space, I think, to consider important issues. Oh, there you have it. Oh, well. <laughs> nothing. The, you guys did nothing. Gun owners, stores, clubs, conservatives, You've done nothing, uh, yeah, nothing. It was Jagmeet Singh and Peter Julian. You know, it's you know it's interesting. I'd never heard of Peter Julian before, like all of this. He actually popped up during the uh, the controversy that we had to talk about how disgusted he was, how he just couldn't even express his disgust. And if you and he's he's so he's so typical of a rotten politician. Like as if you ask him, like what really happened with that, he'd be like, oh, I don't know really what happened yeah. but he knew that he just couldn't even contain his emotion you know oh, yeah just, he had to manufacture some outrage it's right? unbelievable i have a, i kept a clip of him doing that by the way i just don't you know i don't want to keep rehashing that um, but in this case he shows up out of obscurity you know what he is like um he's like the ndp's answer to mark garretson <laughs> yeah that's what he's like just little uh, just, you're right yeah just
just the most yeah. outrageous, demonstrably false, most ridiculous, absurd things flow out of this guy's mouth while he, while he has this serious look on his face. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is what happened. You're like, everybody knows that's not true. He goes, nope, this is what, he's a gaslighter. He totally is. Yeah. In fact, he's actually wrong there because way back in November of 2022, when the amendments were first tabled, uh, the conservatives, in fact, Dane Lloyd, conservative MP Dane Lloyd on the Public Safety Committee, challenged the chair's decision um, to rule those amendments in order because the conservatives said these are out of scope of the bill and the chair disagreed. So it got to a vote with the committee members and the NDP, Alistair McGregor, voted with the liberals and the bloc to keep those amendments in way back in November. We could have avoided two months of com uh, committee resources and taxpayer resources and time and scandal and, and skipped it. So when he says that they're the ones who are responsible for this, well, where were they when they was first tabled? So, yeah. 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 Well, I, I just might have a clip, you know, sitting around <laughs> of that vote and, uh, uh, maybe we should uh, maybe we should have a look at it. Okay. Prohibited firearms would affect the financial impact on the crown because the cost of the buyback to buy back these millions of new firearms would be a massive cost to taxpayer. And so I would argue, Mr. Chair, that it's out of the scope of the committee because it does offend the financial. It would require a royal recommendation, um, and that the committee it is out of scope because it would have a massive impact on the financial cost to the crown. So are you challenging the decision of the chair? Yes. Very well. The decision, therefore, is, shall the decision of the chair, the question is, shall the decision of the chair be sustained? If you vote yes, you support the chair. If you vote no, you, uh, you uh, disagree with the decision of the chair. Yes. Ms. Damoff. Yes. Mr. Nur Mohammed. Yes. Mr. Shifke. Yes. Um, Mr. Van Bynen. Yes. Ms. Dancho. No. Mr. Lloyd. No. Mr. Motz. No. Ms. Falk. No. Mr. Forte. Oui. Oui. Mr. McGregor. So, in fact, it was the conservatives who tried to have it ruled out of scope originally. The bloc mm -hmm. and the NDP voted with the liberals to keep it in scope. Mm -hmm. Then the NDP starts shooting their mouths off about how it's out of scope and that they're intending to bring a motion in the House to rule it out of scope, which never actually happened. It never got that far. And P Peter Julian is crediting himself... Alistair, Alistair, come on, man. You got lots of guns left, McGregor. And Jagmeet Singh for doing everything that all of you did. Add, I'm just going to just add one, one thing, uh, that the Conservatives did not lift a single procedural finger through all of this. Uh, they fundraised off the amendment, but they did nothing in the House at all. It, this has all been the NDP's heavy lifting, working with communities and people who felt that they haven't been consulted. And that's an important thing to emphasize. So I don't think Pierre Polyev has a lot of credibility on this issue. And the minister said oh, yeah, the saviors. Yeah. And the NDP, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Anyway, just I need a little clown nose. Yeah. Clunk. But that would get screenshotted and pass around. Yeah.
It'd be all over Twitter. Oh sure. yeah, you know, it's just if if you didn't if you didn't, it's it's interesting because most Canadians don't pay attention to this stuff, and why should they? I mean, it's just garbage to have to have mm -hmm. in your life. But it's like this is what they never never listen to what they say. Look at what they do. Yeah, you know, judge them by their deeds. And I mean, wow, what a what a disingenuous, dishonest group of people. Um, all right, enough okay. of those uh, those clowns. Um, <laughs> all right, so. Another interesting thing that's going on in Canada right now. So bail reform is one of the most important public safety issues going on in Canada right now, like proven. It's not it's not up for debate. So the uh, the conservatives uh, decided to um, file a motion in the House of Commons for the House of Commons to focus on dealing with, in short order, bail reform, because people are literally dying on the streets because it's it's been bungled by the by the liberals. So um, why don't you explain really quick what a motion is, like kind of what the impact is and what this motion, kind of the short strokes on what this motion was. Okay, so a motion is basically a commitment or a promise to work on something collectively. It's not legislation or regulation. It's non-binding, but it's a sentiment that you will get together and work on something together. So Pierre Polyev introduced an opposition motion to for bail reform and he wanted to reform the bail system strengthen bail laws and ensure that the justice system protects the the rights and safety of law-abiding canadians not repeat violent offenders to me that sounds that sounds pretty reasonable but apparently not because the liberals the bloc and the ndp all voted against it just this week so i i don't know it's it's difficult to me because um, I, I think about the very same people who vote to confiscate your firearms for for safety reasons, you know, to keep Canadians safe, um, even though you've done nothing to warrant it, also voted against a motion to keep the most violent repeat offenders in prison. Yeah. Using public safety when it's when it's really doesn't stand up to any scrutiny to for the yeah. gun buybacks and billions of dollars and destroying the relationship between licensed gun owners, which are virtually all great people, some of the most reliable people in the country, that's no problem under the guise of public safety. But this, like, no. Yeah. So it's pretty wild. And and I think you, I looked for the actual vote before I had to do the TV show and the podcast, and I couldn't find the actual vote because I want the full resolution version and the whole thing for later. Um, but you took a little bit of footage with your phone of the vote, and this is this is the going down the liberal bench, and they're all voting against that motion. You know, and and don't forget, like this isn't a law, this isn't an amendment to some no. bill or whatever. This is just like, do you intend to deal with with bail reform? And they are like, not only do we not intend to deal with it, we're going to vote against even the sentiment of dealing with bail yes. reform. Anyway, here's a thirty second little clip. All those opposed to the motion will please rise. Hey. Mr. Holland. Mr. Holland. Mr. O'Regan. Mr. O'Regan. Ms. Bennett. Ms. Bennett. Ms. Anand. Ms. Anand. Mr. Gilbeau. Monsieur Gilbeau. Ms. Tassi. Ms. Tassi. Madame Pitzfat-Taylor. Madame Pitzfat-Taylor. Mr. Boissonneau. Mr. Boissonneau. Ms. Jazek. Ms. Jazek. Mr. Garneau. Mr. Garneau. Ms. Chagger. Ms. Chagger. Ms. Grill. Anyways, just a short clip uh, was captured by Tracy's phone from the TV. It's not it's not the best. I, you know, I, I get that. But um, anyway, I'm going to find that eventually, maybe in the next couple of weeks and and make sure that's at the, here at the CCFR archives, because they all stood up. It's like, nope, 
not even we, it's not even an, an yeah. issue for not we won't like just I know I'm beating it to death, but it's like we don't we don't even want the intent of reforming bail to be out there. No, like just just the idea yeah. of of focusing on actual crime and violence. Nope, it's really something. in fact they voted two hundred and five voted no and one hundred and sixteen conservatives voted yay. Unbelievable. So it was defeated. Yep. This is uh, this is the clown world, I guess. <laughs> now, one of the last things I want to say, kind of on this topic, but uh, on the topic of the the as uh, Pierre Polyev calls it, the climb down of the liberals on the uh, on this gun ban on the amendments um, and the bail reform stuff, and you know, if you remember, um, uh, Talib and Pam uh, came out and was uh, were uh, being um, interviewed outside of I think it was outside a committee, and they're like, well, why did you yeah. withdraw this? Like, oh, because we're listening and. You know, oh, it's because we, you know, we want to get it right and all stuff like, and then people calling them incompetent. I just, I want people to understand these people have a team of, I don't know, a hundred lawyers right down the street on Spark Street at the Department of Justice. Like they have so many resources at the government. Don't for one second think that it was like, oh, these guys don't know about guns or, oh, these guys aren't gun owners. They don't know anything. They're mm -hmm. screwing this up. They're not screwing it up. This is exactly what they intended to do. This is not yes. incompetence. You know, it wasn't that they, it's like, well, did, did would this really capture all these guns or is it, will it only capture the 10,000 jewel ones? Like they know that. Oh, they know. Yeah, they have, they have yeah. more resources than you can imagine at justice, legal resources. They know exactly how this works. And they've been at this for 30 years, by the way, dealing with the Firearms Act and, and, and uh, regulations that are worded just like this. So don't ever think that this is like, they're screwing it up. They tried to do this. They can't be trusted. So, no. yeah, just to let you know. Um, and one other thing, uh, a lot of people are like, well, where, what about sports shooters? It's all about hunters right now. It, it, it isn't. Right now it's focused on hunters and hunters are a big group. And I'm glad that they're with us, even though, you know, they're, they're a tough group to get started. I'm glad they're here. And don't yeah. worry, everyone's now that the hunting rifles are now no longer, at least for now, because remember there's 93 amendments that we don't know about yet that we haven't mm -hmm. even heard of coming to this, uh, uh, for this bill. So it's far from over, um, but we are still focusing on the handgun ban. We're still focusing on them banning toys that look like guns, like pelicans and stuff. Yeah, don't worry, it's not lost on anyone, but because this is a political football, you have to leverage what you have when you have it. You know, be honest, yeah. but leverage what you have. So that's why it's about hunting right now. So don't, don't uh, any sports shooters, people like me, right, that have black rifles and handguns. Yeah, that's not Well, and just one more point on that is Amendment G4 would have actually codified the May 2020 OIC in law. So right now, as it stands, that ban that we are in federal court fighting back from 2020 is an OIC. It was done by OIC. It can be overturned by OIC. If it's... Uh, um, codified in law and an evergreen classification or an evergreen definition, not only does it make it very difficult to overturn, it makes it very easy for them to add to it. Yeah. So th that that win isn't just about hunters. It also impacts sport shooters. Yeah. And that delay was very, uh, very important to us because yes. we need to have a decision on our court case. And that required these amendments not to become law. Yes. So <laughs> because then it was it, our case might be declared moot and then right. we wouldn't have got a ruling. We need a ruling because it's about property rights. So this was really good news for us and for all of you that have donated to uh, this massive lawsuit as well. So, again, yeah. 
another thing to, to consider. Um, all right. So we got two more things. <laughs> We've got uh, some letters. So we get we get correspondence from people all the time at the uh, at the CCFR. We're actually inundated with it. Uh, so that's yeah. why we can't get back to a lot of people because there's just like literally there's things that just go unanswered all the time because we just are just a small group of people trying to do everything. Um, but you got some actually handwritten letters that you wanted to share a few things with us. Yeah, so I, I we do get quite a few letters. In fact, you get probably the most um, the most letters, and it's interesting to see people write in. But I'm just I'm not going to read the whole letters. I've I've captured little excerpts from two different letters, but I'll start with this one. And he writes, "Dear Rod, I read a copy of your presentation to the Mass Casualty Commission in CATF. The authors of the inquiry report will be very hard pressed to ignore the reasoned arguments you have presented." I am less than two months away from my 81st birthday. I own nine handguns and I've had them for a very long time. I got to use them a lot over the summer of 2022, using up 5,000 rounds of reloaded ammo. I cast all the bullets and reload the ammo myself. Recognition that these guns will be destroyed as a requirement of probating my estate really hurts and I feel betrayed. But you have given me hope, so thank you. Fred T. That's kind of touching to me because, you know, I, I mean, I, I also worry about the idea of being able to bequeath my firearms, but I, I, I think it would be a little more time sensitive at, at age 81. So I, I feel bad for Fred, but I'm, uh, we're working on it. Yeah. 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 Well, and you got another letter too. So thank you for sending that Fred and, and, uh, and we get it and we're working as hard as we possibly can. I assure you. Yeah, so this one is is pretty touching as well. This is from a retired veteran. Um, he sent in a lengthy four-page letter. He's got a pretty big collection of historical rifles. And that sort of travels down a road that I'm not super familiar with. I'm a big hunter and a sports shooter, but I don't really have, you know, those historical-type firearms. So he writes to you, Dear Rod, I also own, well, this is just an excerpt from his bigger letter, but he says, I also own a German World War II G43. This rifle was manufactured at Dachau and Buchenwald concentration camps, camps in 1945 by inmate labor slaves. The factory was obliterated by an RAF raid with many casualties. The surviving slave laborers were then put on two ships that were eventually sunk by the RAF. The men who built this rifle were all drowned, locked below decks with no chance to escape. When I look at the polished bluing of the metal, I know that at one time it reflected the faces of desperate, starving, beaten men. Any hint of defiance or sabotage and the whole shift would be executed. These men have no tombstone, no memorial. The only tangible evidence of their existence or what they went through is this rifle. I've never fired it because of its history, yet Trudeau wants to take it, cut it up, and destroy it. Derek E. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah, and it, I don't know, like I said, I, I'm not a, a real collector in that sense, but when he puts it that way to me, it is very meaningful, and it is historical, and he's held on to it all these years and never fired it, and it's out of respect for the the prisoners who who were forced to make them, right? The only and, evidence that they existed. Left. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's really something. And, and, you know, if I were to comment on that, it's 
I, I'm not an um, I'm not a collector. I don't have historical firearms. I've never have. I don't even know anyone that's a collector, you know, personally, right? And so it's such a great example of, you know, I could be easily be in a position where I'm like, well, who cares about collectors? You know, I'm a sports shooter. When when the law comes to get my guns, then it's a problem. You know, if they yeah. want these old machine guns and whatever, who cares? I don't buy those. You know, just like we complain about other groups in the firearms community just standing by, watching other people lose their stuff, and then when it affects them, now they stand up. And, you know, just, it just, it's useful to have a little bit of insight to what other people are involved in, in the firearms community. And when you explain it that way, when you, when you read his letters, like, absolutely, that is absolutely, we should be doing everything we possibly can to make sure that that rifle still exists and that it's in, in the possession of, of that gentleman and is, you know, and ends up to be uh, inherited by someone else so that that yeah. rifle isn't destroyed for what? For nothing. Like for what? For nothing. So, um, I, you know, yeah, we all have to stand up for each other and each other's firearms the entire time. Like this is that's the just entire a, time. Yeah. So anyway, great yeah. letters. Um, okay. Last thing. Uh, Field Officer of the Month. Yeah. Who is it this month? Ms. Wilson? It is my good friend, Dustin Lang from BC. So I am... Very proud of Dustin. This guy is like just a a total like political force. He's been meeting with his parliamentarians. He did a huge letter writing campaign. He's been going around all over the place just and really motivational. He's been posting in the Facebook group, um, giving everyone lots of hints and help to get everybody else going. He's been awesome. And I, I love Dustin. He's a longtime field officer of the CCFR. And just an all-around great guy. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah, Dustin's awesome. He's a he's a um, actual personal friend of mine. And yeah. I'm trying to get some reflected glory off of uh, Dustin right now. <laughs> Dustin's a buddy of mine, you know. And uh, he's my friend. <laughs> he's, Dustin's a friend. Um, so anyway, Dustin has been working really hard. Like he's done stuff. He, he's somebody that just he doesn't need anybody to tell him what to do. He's met yeah. with MPs. He's he's done an MP range day. He arranged all that stuff himself. He handed out election brochures in the last election. He yes, took, he did. Took a really mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, strong leadership role in that in the in southwestern BC in the Lower Mainland. Um, yeah, I could I I could talk about Dustin all day. He he really has done a lot for the organization. We really appreciate it. So, uh, could yeah, yeah. So as field officer of the month, he gets our love and adoration. And on top of that, he also gets a hundred dollar. Um, gift certificate to the CCFR merchandise store and a one-year subscription to CATF, courtesy of our friend Donovan. Awesome. So, yeah. 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 Dustin's Dustin's the best. You know, he's a friend of mine. <laughs> I heard that before. <laughs> he's my buddy. Anyway, congratulations, Dustin. You uh, absolutely deserve the recognition. All right. Absolutely. I think we've covered everything-ish. We did it. We did it. All right. Well, uh, I think it was um, about just over half an hour. So I think we did fairly, uh, fairly well with the amount of news that we had to share with uh, with the audience. Yeah. So um, I appreciate it. And I guess we'll see you in the next episode. We'll see you then. All right. That's going to do it for episode 136 of the CCFR radio podcast. Uh, again, thanks everyone for watching. Really appreciate it. Appreciate all the support. Make sure you share the podcast. Get every gun owner that you know uh, involved. And I know we've talked a lot about it in the podcast, but I just kind of want, I don't want it to ever be lost on anyone um, that 
this was a small victory. It's a temporary victory, right? The bill is still making its way through the process. New amendments can can be brought forward at any at any time, right? So they can try the same thing again or just tweak it a little, and the liberals can try the same thing again. Um, plus, we haven't haven't seen the other ninety three amendments that are sitting on the books right now. But I don't want it to ever be lost on anyone. What a victory this was, in that the community stood together. And when we all stand together and we all do do just a little bit of work, not a small group of people doing everything, a really large group of people doing just a little bit of work, when we can pull our community together, I'm talking hunters, sports shooters, collectors, biathlon, uh, you know, biathlon athletes, uh, airsoft, pellet people that own pellet guns, just if we can all stand together and protect each other's rights, man, look what we can do. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that means anything to these politicians at the end of the day, right, at the, at the bottom of the balance sheet, the only thing that, that they really care about is they don't want you to take their privilege away. You know, and I've talked, to, I've talked a, lot, a lot about how MPs are incentivized. The majority of these people never made so much money in their lives. The majority of these people never mattered in their communities, right? The majority of these people will not have a career like they've had in politics if they ever lose that seat, Right, so how motivated do you think they are to do whatever it takes? You know, who they don't care about whose property gets taken, who gets hurt, nothing. They're going to hold on to that seat. So the only way you can really get through to them that what they're doing is wrong is you got to threaten their their privilege. You got to threaten their seat. So if they think that they're going to lose their seat over this, they're going to be like, ah, it's not my fight, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> unfortunately, it, it just comes down to that, right? Because as you saw, like in the intro and in, in the monologue, right? It's like, oh, we're listening and we know we need to listen better. It's like, that's not, they don't mean that. That's not genuine. They're just fight, fighting with the over, it's, you know, burning up all this time talking about mean tweets and you disagree with me. You're, oh, I, I've had your attacks. I've been, I've experienced your attacks. You've been attacking. It's like, no, man. We've been sending you studies and posting statistical analysis and doing all these things, you know, and calling you out for your bad behavior because what you're doing, you're coming at us. What you're doing is stepping into our lives. You're using the force of government to come into my life, villainize me, smear me, if you remember, just just a month ago, two, two months ago, and try to take my property away. And I haven't done anything other than comply with the most ridiculous laws, the good ones too, but even the most ridiculous laws, I comply 100%, Right? So for some reason, these guys, these people can't get it through their heads that that's wrong. All they see in their heads is like, hey, if I go along with this, we could win the next election. I got another four years. I'm going to pad that pension. I'm going to walk the halls of power. I'm going to fly around Canada in business class. People are going to listen to me. There's cameras and I'll be on TV. Like this is the only thing that's, that speaks to them, losing that and having to go back and work at whatever they were working for, working with, you know, working at, I should say, before they... They got this chance of a lifetime. So anyway, you guys did it, okay? You had the power all along. You just had to realize it and put in an hour or two's worth of work a month. That's all it took. So could we get rid of this bill? Yeah, we can. That's It's doable if we continue to do what we did to have these amendments withdrawn, okay? So anyway, again, this, this stuff's kind of depressing. It's definitely frustrating. Don't let it get to you. Don't give these people the satisfaction of disrupting your life any more than they already are, okay? Be dispassionate. Just know what you got to do. Send your letters. Call your MP, right? Uh, volunteer. 
uh, when, it, when if an election rolls around, then put in some hours, right? The CCFR will, will guide you into how you can be most effective. We'll be there, okay? So anyway, we did it. And, and don't, even though this is a small victory, don't discount what we achieved here. So, all right. Again, thanks so much for watching. Thanks for all your help and your support. Share the podcast. Take care, and we'll see you in the next episode. This is another episode of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Remember, if you don't stand up for your own ability to own and use firearms, who will? Join the CCFR or donate right now at www.firearmrights.ca.